Hello, Bonsai friends. This is Evan Pardue of Underhill Bonsai, and welcome to episode 62 of Little Things for Bonsai People. And this time I am joined by my co-host, Mike Lane of Kitsune Bonsai. How's it going, Mike? That's uh, good. How you guys? How how you doing? How's it going? Is it, is good. it good down there in Florida right now? It's, it's yes, it's a little, it's cool. And uh, temperatures are reasonably nice, you know, um, but the trees aren't growing. So I'm no, chomping at the so. bit. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. I mean, even in Florida where it seems like it's the holiday all the time. Yeah, no, from now until they probably won't really move again. I mean, if we get like a warm spell, then it'll start like moving again. But it's been like consistently every night, you know, 50s. And so they they don't really like that too much, the tropicals. So they yeah. just stop growing. Yep. And we can uh, we can talk about some seasonal change stuff. But I think we're going to go ahead and uh, cover today's topic. Uh, well, this what we will be talking about in today's topic is uh, New Year's resolutions as far as bonsai goes. Maybe me and Mike have a few personal resolutions as well. And then also, uh, if we have the time and we can get into it, I think there's something to be said about bonsai display tables and how they should be arranged and also what's appropriate in bonsai display on a shohin rack is what, I mean, I, I don't know if that's slang saying bonsai rack. I've heard that every once in a while, but bonsai dis- uh show hand bonsai displays uh it, would you say rack have you ever said that before uh mike i um no not really but i mean i don't think it's in, in uh incorrect yeah it's just it's, something i've heard in passing it, it's yeah we'll get in we'll get we can get more into that but yeah um no the japanese have their own name for it and whatnot and, and break down you know each section of it according to specific trees so yep definitely but before we get into that i do need to mention that our podcast is sponsored by our amazing amazing patrons over at patreon.com forward slash little things for bonsai people head over there and become a bonsai best bud trying to take off a jacket at the same time and uh hang out in the discord with these amazing people starting off our list with and this this is something i have to say real quick before i go through this list uh for the uh i think it's like the 50th time now if this list breaks 40 i will have to start doing this a different way so just a just a uh a forewarning out there uh tori solis vicky off boyd snellgrove ricky ruins joshua bentley snappy chappers joel jenkins justin knight backyard bonsai australia ben creedon greenwich gardens taylor peacock chase pertweet austin adkins karen codswell ryan giordano Louis torres ac castle bonsai marine jess potts Chris Fassoon, Timothy Arsenal, Randy Bennett, Victrina Ridgeway, LaRon's Bonsai Yard, Nate Murray, Nancy Hoffman, J.M. Stewart, Woodworking, Warehouse Rat, David N. Barry's Bonsai, Sean Seaman, Gilbert Juarez, and David J. B. Bocciccini, I think is how you say it. Sorry if I butchered that. And then we also have our. I, I highly doubt that's how you say it. I know, I know. It's all just from just from track record. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also like to thank our specimen bu- best buds. These are our our, our best buds at the thirty dollar level. Un Ryu in Bonsai Garden and Bills Bayou. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring at the thirty dollar level. It's amazing. Thank you guys so much. That support doesn't go unnoticed. It helps us, uh, you know 
keep up the content. It helps us get more access to the things that we need to make this show sound great. Um, so thank you guys so much. And also our uh, our main show sponsor, Joshua Roth Tools. Thank you guys so much for being our main sponsor of the show. And of course, I can't go on without mentioning our editor, Matt O'Donnell. He makes it sound smart. He cleans up our audio and makes us enjoyable to listen to. Go over to mattodonnell.com, fill out a contact form and start your own podcast show or audio engineering project with him. He's a set basis living in Nashville, Tennessee, and he's all around awesome guy. And speaking of audio engineer or podcast show, Matt's just opened up his own podcast show that he's going to be releasing. I think it's going to be releasing in a couple of weeks from this recording, maybe next week, but it's called Matt O'Donnell wants to know. And uh, you guys go subscribe to it. I don't know if he's got any previews or channel like pre-sub type thing that you can do and get some like you know maybe he has a patreon for it i'm not sure yet but uh i'll be talking to matt a little bit later on about that some more but yeah it sounds like some really cool stuff uh he's gonna be interviewing other professionals other musicians artists people in different industries just to get to know them get to hear how it how things work in their part of the world they're part of their their jobs and how they fulfill uh, what they need to keep their careers going and how to fulfill their passions for what they do. You know, it's it, it's a really cool project Matt's put together. And um, I know that I will be on there uh, potentially. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, congratulations, Matt. I hope your show goes really well. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about New Year's resolutions. Um, All right. So what what are you feeling, Mike? Are you... As far as bonsai goes, do you, well, let's let's just do our personal ones real quick. I mean, are there any personal ones that you feel okay with? Yeah, thing um, on uh, on there. Yeah, they're all like the corny ones, though, like the typical ones. Like I'm trying to eat better, sleep <laughs> better, uh, you know, just basically do the that kind of thing. Go to bed at a normal normal time. Like, oh yeah, I've had really bad insomnia. Yeah, just. <laughs> Yeah, I was eating like ton, like probably a bag of Starburst the night, like a giant Ooh. family size a night. And, family uh, size, <laughs> yeah, at least. And so now trying to cut sugar out and stuff like that, and um, so just that kind of stuff. And um, how about you? Oh well, I mean, I can see the eating better thing because we, me and Caitlin, uh, my wife, just watched this documentary type short thing on Netflix where it's called uh, you are what you eat. Oh yeah. And it's kind of like they go into it where they take twins and it gets really interesting at the beginning of the show. They're like, we're going to take twins. And since their DNA is identical, we're going to put them on two different diets. And it's like, they go on to a meat diet, like meat included, like healthy, clean eating meat diet and versus a clean eating plant diet. And then the show just kind of like evolved into this, thing where they did that for the first episode and then it was like a client a climate change show all of a sudden it was like if we keep on producing more meat and the meat industry keeps escalating the, the chicken farms and the cow farms will take over the world and i was like whoa whoa i didn't eat all this yeah, yeah. Uh, i've already seen Super Size me one and two thank you yeah much. right uh but <laughs> but yeah no I, I would like to eat healthier i mean i want to um i will be honest i have uh i've consumed a lot of alcohol uh just i mean and in, in, when you're we're younger and we're in our early 20s and stuff we what we like to hang out and do that kind of stuff i've always been like a a social drinker and stuff but now that i'm getting older now i really really want to cut back i want to limit myself to you know one one drink a week one drink a month if possible 
you know, for, for special things, you know, cause I'm like, Oof. I just turned 34 last, uh, last couple of days ago. And so I can, I, I already feel it. you know, man, I'm, I'm not saying I'm old, old, but you know, you could feel at that point when your body's like no longer recovering nearly as fast as you possibly could do it. You know, it's true. Um, so you, just being conscientious of that. And then, I mean, there's a couple of things financially that I just want to be better, like conscientious about that will just save me, will save my ass in the long run. I guess you can say so. Those are, those are some personal things. And there's a cut I think the bones high things are a little bit more happy feeling. Uh, yeah. Because they're uh, they're not going to be as uh, emotionally demanding. Uh, because some of the I know New Year's resolution you, you do that for yourself. You're like some people wake up and they'll go, okay, I'm going to run, you know, three times a week, or they or they say like I'm going to read a book once a day for 30 minutes, and that kind of stuff. This stuff holds up. Some people can form some great habits doing that for uh, you know for themselves. But for bonsai, I think, I think New Year's New Year's resolutions for bonsai um, is just kind of better to have a more more advancement on how you care for your trees, develop your trees, and think about your trees. Uh, and there's definitely things that you can do for yourself to promise yourself you'll do those things better. And I think, um, I think there's a lot more to be said about. And like I said, it's a lot more enjoyable. You're like, oh, if I do this for my bonsai, then it'll just get that much better. Obviously. There's things that I decided to start doing last year that's greatly reflected on the health of my collection now. So, but uh, yeah, what do you, what do you got for for a couple of things in mind for yourself? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is you know revisiting kind of that our talk about art and our talk about like what it means to be an artist and stuff like that. Um, I think I'm I'm content with. I think I'm finally going to really try to just be content with who I am, you know, and like who I am as either, which I don't think I'm an artist and I don't really care anymore. Um, but kind of being more, uh, truthful with myself and, uh, and accepting those parts. And, um, like for instance, you know, I was kind of debating whether I really wanted to stick with Shohin bonsai. And um, I think that it's still something that, that is really speaks deeply to me as far as that's how I want to practice bonsai. Um, that's where I get a lot of enjoyment out of bonsai. And, um, and I think this year is going to be about like maintaining the confidence, like not letting so many outside influences kind of uh, determine my, my value, you know, my self-worth. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, something like that. I think um, that's going to play huge into uh, my bonsai because I think it, not even this year, but every year I've always kind of listened to other people as far as how I should do my bonsai. And I've always like looked at my trees and compared them to other people and said, okay, well, that's how I should do my bonsai. And the reality is like at this point in the game, uh, I can always learn new things. But uh, I like how I do my bonsai. You know, I, I do. I enjoy the, the methodology. And, uh, and I think I need to be more confident about that. And I need to be more confident in my approach and not always be looking for the next um, 
next person's approach, I guess. Mm. So kind of taking the lead on designs and just overall philosophy of how you approach bonsai, kind of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things like, not to get too deep, but, um, you know, talking about wabi-sabi all the time and talking about zen and like i i always say these words like oh the way they practice it in japan and and yada yada and the truth is is i don't even think that that really the the world i envision bonsai being i don't think that really exists in japan i i think that that's a made-up world that i kind of created and i think at one point it existed where where everybody was very Zen, where bonsai was about Zen and about wabi-sabi and about um, those kind of spiritual elements. But I think now it's a lot of business. I think it's majority business. And I think that's not to say that I can't recreate that world though. And I think I've been like looking for some kind of truth and it, and it was really disheartening to kind of make that realization that, hey, maybe this doesn't exist. But um it's also very, very invigorating and encouraging to think, hey, that's okay. I can make my own bonsai world and, you know, I can pursue bonsai with the philosophy I want to pursue. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I've had a couple of people coming into the nursery, like even today, we had this conversation a few times where uh, we're starting to talk about a newer American bonsai approach just happening. I, I have this strong feeling it's happening right now, um, especially with professionals getting in um, and really starting to put themselves out there. Like, for instance, like you traveling around and teaching and stuff. I also know Jennifer Price has been doing her stuff a lot. She's been traveling a lot. Um, and you got Kayla Mooney coming back from Japan soon. You get a lot of these young people running the circuit and coming in and, uh, and going to be, we're going to be kind of sculpting the next new version of what American bonsai is going to look like. And, and what you're saying, I mean, it's, it sounds a little harsh, but it's, it is kind of a, it is a reality. We don't, we don't know what like bonsai in Japan really was like. And even the guys that go over and they, they apprentice like, and they come back and they share all this amazing knowledge. It's, it's still not our culture. And so I think we're, we're approaching this this new american style like ever so so slightly like we're it it all of course started back whenever in and i think there's early pioneers in it um with people kind of doing things that have their time like for instance uh, dan robinson has a kind of a good example of that where he was thinking a little bit more ahead now it's come around and it seems like everybody wants to do that and then you also got ryan neal talking about that style and doing that kind of thing too and it's like where are we going to end up uh, really soon here? And so I I don't think you're, I think you're on the right track uh, doing bonsai for yourself, being, being your own bonsai man, I guess you could say. Um, and, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to push too far and, you know, take too many, take too many opinions too seriously, I guess is also what you were, you were, what you meant uh, a moment ago when you said you were just taking too many people's takes on your trees. Yeah, and just just too many people's opinions on like, oh, I shouldn't do Shohin, Shohin's, uh, Shohin's lazy bonsai, things like that. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I, I don't agree. 
and even if I did agree, um, I think it's what works for me. You know, I think it's it's uh, one of the things that I you know not to get too deep into it, but like I've always struggled with ADHD. You know, I've always had struggle with focus, and um, I've tried to be disciplined and and work on big massive trees, and I can get the work done. But uh, it's it's not enjoyable to me, you know. It's not it's not concise, and it's not something that I can kind of do and and be flighty with, you know. Do and finish up in a in a timely manner and move on to something else. It's something that demands a lot of time and, and effort. And the reality is, like, that's working against who I am to like try and think that that's that's really what I'm going to enjoy. You know, I can do it and I do it professionally and, and I think I do it pretty well, but mm. um, but I enjoy working on smaller trees that are easier for me to get my head around. Um, and like I said, it's the, the time commitment. It's the time of like, I don't want to invest 36 hours into one styling of one tree and um, it's not enjoyable for me. And, and so if you put two trees in front of me and no one's around and no one was there to judge me, I would sit there and I'd probably do the smaller one and I'd move on and do something else and come back and do another small one later and move on and do something else. And, and that's an approach that's worked for me. And I don't know that I would have had success if that avenue wasn't there for me. So it's... um you know, listening to people's critiques about how I should do my bonsai and what makes a disciplined practitioner and what doesn't is, uh, is, you know, not worth my time. Mm. I mean, I think vibing in the creation of bonsai, which is, it sounds like you've been doing for some time now, uh, not just, not just having bones like show and maintaining them, but there is a lot of creation to be done in show um, and it, it, I don't know, man, like I think continuing to create bonsai from, from cuttings and from, you know, the proper ways of approaching it, there's, there's always that kind of what's the next tree going to look like that I create. And I always, I love that thought. And, yeah. uh, and guy, guy Gidry said it a few episodes back, it was like, he was really into the creation of the trees. Um, or at least that's something he's told me a handful of times uh, uh, in recent times that I've been able to work with him is uh, he's like, he's like, this is what gets me. This is what gets me going. I don't want to use the other terminology that he uses. It's a little more derogatory, yeah. uh, but he he really vibes in the creating the trees and he could create hundreds of trees and then seeing the end of them. He told me not until recently did he really start feeling like now that he's in his older age, he's created so many trees that he's got some older trees that he's had for a very long time. He's like, now I'm actually appreciating these trees and I'm doing things the right way. And he's been doing bonsai for 35, 40 years, um, you know? And so it's, it is a, it is a weird thing to, to think that, you know, you've gotten to a point where you're making trees and you're like, I can make this one and that one. And then you're like, wait, I need to appreciate larger trees and know how to approach that and how to observe them, how to work on them and stuff. It's, it's kind of a weird reverse engineering because you've, you've gone somewhere with the show and stuff that a lot of people don't go that far. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now it feels like you kind of have to backtrack a little bit. I, well, kind of what it makes it sound like. 
And and I I still love like I love Yamadori. I love my buttonwoods more than anything. They're my number one, and they're not small trees. You know, they're like chew hint, and yeah. um, and that's probably my favorite size tree to work on is a chewhin size tree. But I have no interest in working one of these like giant enormous, you know, multi day projects. I mean, it's cool to do every now and then, but. If you're asking my core, like, again, like, I'm not saying professionally, like, that's a cool project to do professionally. I like doing that. But my core, if you were to sit me down, no one else is there to judge. Um, I just want to kind of grab something that I can get my head around. You know, I want to grab something concise and mm-hmm. uh, and something that's not backbreaking and not like this. I get it. It's it's cool to work on a big tree. It's like macho and badass. Um, but to me, like the cooler thing for me, for me alone is like the Zen, the Zen part of it. Like I truly do this for Wabi Sabi. I truly do this for the like Zen uh, teachings and the, the essence of that. And so to me, like the, if you start getting too far away from that, then you're not doing like what bonsai was meant to be. And in my mind, you know, that could all end up being baloney. And, uh, you know, I wasn't raised in Japan, but my understanding of like the core principles of bonsai are it's based in Wabi Sabi, you know, it's based in Zen and it's based in Shinto. And, um, those are things that I have always found interesting as far as Shinto and always found a deep spiritual connection to Zen. So I think, um, I think that's my truth in bonsai and, and I will go whichever path I feel is more true to that. Laurent and I had very good conversations about uh, what is more wabi-sabi. Is it more wabi-sabi to refine a tree, get a tree to a perfect state of refinement and hold it in that state of refinement forever and never let it change? Or is it more wabi-sabi to accept that that's not real, that that, that can't last forever? And accept the the fact like he does and where a tree evolves to its next state. If you're not using it, if it's not being displayed, then it's evolving into something else and it's changing into something else. And the benefits to that, it's almost like life tells you what's the right direction. Because think of like how many issues you would avoid if your tree was always in the development state, if it's always young and vigorous. And you, you avoided all refinement except for the two years that you needed to like vie on all that energy you've built up. Yeah. So I think, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, if ultimately the old Japanese way of doing bonsai will be the way that I do it going forward. But whatever way I do it will be whatever I feel is truest to Wabi Sabi. Yeah. And, uh, for our listeners, the, uh, the chewing shot sizes, I think that's the one that's like right at 10 inches, maybe a little bit taller. It's like, it's like a two-handed tree. Two-hand tree. Yeah, because the, the size of bonsai is also kind of described like show, shohin is usually like your one-hand tree or your palm. One-hand tree, yeah. Yeah, so your chewing, and I think that's a great way to look at it too, you know, uh, as far as kind of going back to that, the size of the tree, like, yeah, giant trees, like you said, that's great. Get yourself, you know, for for instance, in my range, I'm just going to go ahead and drop my uh, my my one time I say it per episode, bald cypress. Go get your big your big boy uh, cypress tree and uh, 
and make yourself a big bonsai. I mean, if that's really what you want to do, but don't have a whole collection and stuff like that. Um, Cause then Mike's right. You're, you're saying like that one, that one tree could take you two or three days to go in and properly wire it and refine it and do all the work you need to. And then it's a nightmare repotting that kind of thing. And then you get older and the older you get, the less likely those types of trees will be realistic to you. So I think the shoe hen is a great size um, as I've gotten, as I'm, I've, I'm starting to grow older now and I'm looking, I mean, me, you, me and you both are looking at like, we'll have our children soon here. Yeah. Um, it's like the chew in size. It's something that I could juggle literally and figuratively like between Correct. life. Yes. They're easier to consume. They're easier to carry. Uh, they're not quite pocket size bone side, but they're big enough that we can, you said, like you're saying, like there's more wabi-sabi building blocks that can be done with a, a slightly larger tree, like letting it grow for several decades until you make those decisions to put it into refinement. Kind of like how you said, like Laurent has this approach that's, you know, you that's possible with those types of trees and you could contort and build and make those trees for a long time and still be able to, to carry it, you know, without struggling. And I, I think those are you know, they say that like there's the old man's bonsai tree. I think that's really the old man's tree. I mean, once the old man can't lift a chew in anymore, I mean, uh, hopefully someone's around to help him, you know, take on the next uh, leg of that tree's development <laughs> at that point. But I mean, well, and that's that's the thing about Zen is um, it's like your ego has no place in it. Yeah. So, like, why do you really want a big tree? Like, yeah, not right. you, not you, but like what the average person, person why, do you, yeah. why do you really want it? It's like, usually it's like, a like, because it's big, it's like big and it's like impactful mm-hmm. and um, you want to be seen, you know, you want something that stands out and um, a big part of Zen is not standing out, blending in with the crowd, you blend in and, you know, killing your ego. And so that's a, um, I think that's a part of bonsai that's often overlooked, you know, as far as um, the artistry of it, you know, is that the Western artist is embracing the ego while the Eastern artist is kind of like, man, you should kill that shit. Yeah. So, well, uh, kind of going into, I mean, do you have any other input on your new year's resolution? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it started out as one thing and now it's kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It evolved. It evolved. Yeah. No, no. I, but I do think that's a serious resolution. It's just being being true to myself, being confident in uh, in the way I do things. It's, you know, and, um, and not being so easily kind of... Not being so easily thrown into a crisis of faith, you know, like... Just trust myself. Just trust like the way I do things. I had I've had great teachers. Um, you know, I've been studying for a long time. I've been a professional for a long time, and um, so no, so you know, just gotta. This is gonna be the year where hopefully I embrace that. Yeah, that would be great. And I mean, that's that's one of the things why we were we were talking uh, a little while back in previous episodes and stuff, where I'm like, this is a great way to track those uh, those. Those, basically those emotions towards how we approach bonsai and how we continue to develop and work and uh and i think teaching people is going to have a huge impact too because it always 
that's the best way to learn is teaching, in my opinion. So the more you it teach, is. the more you accelerate the wit your understanding too. And so as we go on with the show and we revisit these types of conversations again and again, that's where we'll 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 think, oh, I said this before, but I said this differently, a little bit differently each time. Um, and because that's and it could be kind of poetic here. That's kind of what bonsai is. It's like the same thing over again, but I've done this before, but it's a little bit different now because trees can't stay the same. They can stay, you can have a similar look like you have kind of with how junipers, you have to grow the branch and then steadily replace the branch for better refinement and better taper in your branch over time. We can kind of look at it the same way. Um, so Oh, hey, Carmen, did I tell you about Bonsai Central yet? No, I don't think you have. Oh, I, I think I might have mentioned it a few other times, but it's going to be May 3rd through 5th in 2024 in St. Louis, Missouri. It's basically the national show, but it's going to be Central America, and it's going to be an awesome show with cash awards and prizes. Uh, there's going to be a professional bonsai show and a kusamono show as well. Ooh. with the presentation during dinner with uh, for rewards and whatnot. But if you want to submit a tree, I think you have to submit two to four photos and you need a brief description of your tree and send it over to the contact form at bonsaicentral.com. That's bonsai-central.com. But there's going to be vendors there too. Do you know what vendors were included? Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard that it's going to be something like 25 plus of the best vendors from around the country. So like including nurseries, potters, stand makers, tool suppliers and all of that. But like it's specifically I, I thought I heard that there was going to be American potters like. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Now Toshitake is going to be there. Vicky Chamberlain, Eli Atkins of Waldo Street Pottery, April Grigsby, Roy Minari and Byron Merrick. Um Sellers of imported Japanese and antique Chinese pots are going to be there, too. That's amazing. I mean, there must be like a pretty good lineup for this show as far as like their headliners. There should be some really good bonsai artists. Do you have any idea who that might be? I think I might have heard about Bjorn, but there's some other ones, right? Oh, yeah. Bjorn's going to be there. Uh, Tyler Sherrod as well. Maria Hayek, uh, Andrew Robson, Maro Stenberger and Young Cho. Oh. I think there's going to be workshops, show walkthroughs, critiques, all that stuff. Yeah, that sounds awesome. There should be somewhere to go on bonsai-central.com and you can fill out the opportunities to do workshops with these professionals. They have really great material, I've heard. It's going to be stuff like twisted junipers and, and, and old fused maples and really awesome pieces of material for Young's Cosimono class. So I think if you guys are interested, y'all should go check out bonsai-central.com and see if you can register for the show, sign up for workshops if they're still available. But I'd, I'll definitely be there this year. Awesome. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah thank you, uh, Bonsai Central, for sponsoring our show. But yeah, no, I, I think that's that's a great New Year's resolution for Bonsai. Um, my, my, my resolutions are going to sound a little bit more... Uh, Tech, like uh what's that not technical uh i guess a little bit more uh analytical as far as you know treatment and care of bonsai you know yeah <laughs> um but no i the i, I know the the listeners and, and people in the discord say they always eat it up whenever mike goes into the into the deep zen conversation so it's right. definitely uh appreciate it for that thanks guys yeah uh but yeah the uh 
As far as how, how I've been looking at bonsai too, mine is a little, it, it could be a little similar. I was thinking back about whenever I was approaching bonsai last year and, uh, and I've been, I've been training, uh, with a couple of professionals and learning from a couple of people that, you know, either by passing or people come over or, you know, I'm lucky with the the nursery where I have people pop in and I'm able to work with them. And I'm like, show me and tell me everything you can within our time frame. And so I was filling a lot of uh, gaps of my knowledge in. And then um, what really turned around is I'm going, I go up and I go learn with, uh, with Michael Hagedorn and see how a real bonsai garden is ran. And, uh, and so I created one of those types of environments in my own backyard and I started running things a certain way for myself. And I'm being very, very uh, meticulous with, with my trees. I'm developing them in very, uh, very particular ways that, you know, that's going to be the, the best way. That's going to be what this tree needs. This is how you're supposed to practice this and that. And then as I started doing that, it was kind of like part of my thinking was, uh, when I started out last year, it wasn't necessarily re- a resolution, but I know it was something that I made a change in myself was all I was like remembering that not even, you know, five, six years ago, I, I had boneside trees that, you know, I thought were amazing in plastic training pots, like pots from like the, the, uh, from what, what would you say? From just the regular nursery cans, I guess you could yeah. say is a better thing to say. And I'm like, wow, I, I that's I, back. That's what I thought was really cool. And then I'm doing this at a higher level and I'm like, oh, this is where I'm at now. But I missed that way of thinking. I missed that a lot. So it was like, okay, I've got some of my trees are on automatic automatic watering to help me assist me in watering them properly, letting them dry. And then I'll watch the weather and then I'll keep an eye out for things. And then I'll come home and I'll water them in the evening only when they need them spot watering. And I started organic organic feeding a lot of my trees to, uh, to slow them down. I started using Akadama and everything. I started uh, being really conscientious about like the, the, the selection of containers and stuff. And I was like, this is really getting to a point now where I've lost what I was doing before. And so I've got a table set to the side now where I was like, I'm going to practice bonsai over here. How my young bonsai brain would have loved seeing in the past. Like I made sure that I could separate wanting a really, really nice bonsai now and shelling out the money for a really nice stock piece or shelling out the money for a nice pot. But instead over here, I do have the the tree in the nursery can. But instead of practicing it the way I did before, I'm applying it to as if, oh, what if I would have known this back whenever I was training these trees this way? And I was only able to water these trees certain times of the day or treat or treat them certain ways. And it's it's kind of a weird way to think I know. It's like okay, how do you, how do you take really good care of one set of bonsai and then the other set, you try to act a little bit more rudimentary towards them. It's a weird thought process, but it helps me separate that in my mind where like if a tree is really high end and it's really, it's, it's, it could go to show the next year, or is this tree purely for fun? You know, cause I got into it. I'm like, all these fun, cheapy trees, trees that have bad line, these trees that have poor nabari or no nabari, trees with terrible taper or inverse taper, really bad scarring issues. I started selling off these old pieces that I had for a while. And some of those trees would be the oldest trees in my collection. I sold all of them. 
and I only have a few of them left that were acceptable to me. And I'm like, why do I, I can't think like this all the time. I can't be like, it's the next best thing kind of mindset. That makes, makes me feel like I'm selling out myself. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So sure. it's, it's, and I know it, it, yeah, it sounds like a big kind of, it just kind of like, almost like a, it's talking in a circle with myself about it. I mean, that's kind of how I approach it in a way is, you know, this is how I thought then, this is how I think now, but why don't I try to pull the reins back on trying to move so fast? Because, I mean, bonsai is not about speed. You know, of course, everybody knows that. We've talked about this dozens of times, I'm sure. Uh, this comes up. But that is where I was a year ago, and now where I'm at now, I, w- I want to, like, my my resolution with my trees this year is to really, really take my time with, you know, and we've talked about this in the past, like growing out branches to the appropriate trunk uh, mm-hmm. and and girth size for for placements of trees. Starting starting more and more, I want to start more and more trees that are long term projects, not not five year plan trees. But um, like I pulled some silverberries a uh, couple couple months back, and I said these silverberries are only about the size of my thumb. But when I'm finally ready to pot these trees up and start wiring them out for refinement and and deciding on what their design overall design is going to be. I want to grow these from thumb size to, you know, larger than my wrist or even bigger, maybe, you know, and make some really long-term plans like that. I think there's a lot of things we get caught up on is like, once we feel like we crack a code on how we develop our trees, we're like, Oh, I know how to get there faster now. So we're going to start doing this. And, uh, you know, one of my one of the pitfalls for me is I work at a bonsai nursery and run the nursery. And not only that, do I design and make decisions on all of the trees there because we have to sell them. So I do have to make those quicker planned trees. And so I would love to be able to step back now that I finally have done a lot of things I wanted to do and start taking it from square one appropriately in my, you know, in my mind with it. Um, and then I did want to mention, I know it, kind of seems a little sidetrack after giving you guys a little bit of a deeper dive into my thought process as well. Uh, we will be talking with uh, with Oscar from Bonsai Empire pretty soon here, but if there's one thing you guys could do is download his Bonsai Care app on Android or uh, or on Apple, and it's a good way to keep track of your trees over time. I, that's something, just mentioning it there because it seems like it suits the um, it kind of suits what I'm thinking of is like being able to take photos of more stuff and keep track of all your trees. That, that's something that I hear a lot of people say, I wish I had a photo of my tree back when I did this because nobody will believe that I I did this. I wired this branch or grew this out or this was this was a nothing uh, like Home Depot plant five years ago. No, you know, that's something else that uh, more documentation, more writing things down, but yeah, like I said, we'll be we'll be talking to Oscar about that app later on, but it was a it's a good thing to mention. But um but yeah, I think it, I think I think that's pretty much that's pretty much it for me though. Like new, like you said, New Year's resolutions are like they're they could be corny. They could be like the I want to eat better or I want to sleep better. But honestly, how are you gonna you know, those kind I of like the, I like the bonsai ones better. Yeah, the bonsai ones are always better. Yeah. At least, at least, uh, I mean, life is rewarding in multiple ways, but 
Uh, but but when it comes to bonsai with like certain things that we apply, these thought processes that we're going to go through and try to reevaluate the way we approach bonsai, those will ultimately become more rewarding. And it's appropriate for the evolution of how we think about bonsai too. So for sure. Um, but yeah, did, did you have any more uh, comments or anything no. on, the, on that, Mike? No, I don't. Um, oh, well, one thing is like, you know, oftentimes like I talk a lot about growing things fast and stuff like that and I think like bonsai is more and this goes back to like the zen stuff but I think it's more about efficiency than anything else like when I used to do martial arts and everything uh, in kendo and whatnot there these old 80 year old guys would always kick the young guys asses like literally kick their asses and they would do this thing called um, geiko where you would just like spar with these old guys and you'd form a line of like 50 or so practitioners, all young guys. And you'd get like, you'd get the time in the ring with the guy, uh, enough time to where he'd get to knock you out. So you, you could stand as long as you could until he hit you. And I'll tell you, it was like a conveyor belt for these old guys. Like they would just knock you out after like 20 seconds and the next guy would go in and 20 seconds he's out and 20 seconds the next guy's out and um they didn't move fast nothing was about moving fast everything was about like timing it was all timing and um i think bonsai is very much the same i think everything is you learn as you do this longer and longer the timing on when to make the cuts the timing on how long to wait the timing on like how to maintain momentum in the project so you're not like pruning it so often that it fizzles out you know and ultimately you do move faster but i think it's more it's almost like like winning a game of chess with less moves you know you want to make as few moves as possible and you want to crank out as many trees as possible before we inevitably die so you know um yeah. you you want to get as efficient as possible is my kind of thought on that I think that's the kind of thing too I was thinking of is like with my table where I'm developing the trees differently and with a different mindset, but making more efficient moves than I ever would have made back whenever I was making baby steps with bonsai. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love all the thoughts and all the, all the, the, uh, I guess all the positive energy towards making good bonsai in this episode. Um, but it's, it's kind of punny because, you know, it's a bonsai joke at the same time. <laughs> um, but yeah. This podcast is supported by Bonsai Bar, the beginner bonsai workshop popping up in breweries all across the Northeast. Bonsai Bar is two hours of tiny tree goodness disguised as a night out with friends. Come grab drinks, create a new tree, and watch as your friends and family get the bug for bonsai. Bonsai Bar is always looking for teachers and assistants, and you listen to this podcast, so you're probably already qualified. Bring your knowledge out to the bar. Apply today. Find event tickets, contact info, and more at bonsaibar.com. I, I guess we could kind of break into uh, show in display a little bit if you want to uh yeah. we went a little long on the on the resolution thing but i mean that's yeah that's how we, we don't need to go too too long into this but um you know i did want to kind of just go over some of the the, the kind of rudimentary things about shohin display um 
we've recently we just wrapped up a year of doing uh intensive shohin study groups all over the country and um and primarily with the one local we um i do every month and so i've been doing that for almost two years now and um well like a year and a half and so we've kind of grown a lot with shohin display and a lot of people have reached out and asked me about um, some of the specifics of shohin display and um, some of this is very going to be very rudimentary because what I've learned about display is the rules don't mean squat. Okay, they 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 matter until they don't matter. So everything I'm going to tell you is like a guideline because uh, I'll say something and then you'll be able to Google an example of an award-winning tree that doesn't do what I say. So it's um, it's an art form and the, if you want to play it safe, play by the rules. And if you want to take a risk for greatness, then don't play by the rules, <laughs> you know? Hmm. And um, so anyway, so typical show in display is uh, you're always displaying two trees or more. So the only time you ever display a single show in is if it's a tall, elegant, Bunjin-esque tree. So um, other than that, you're, you're displaying two or more. And there's always a uh, primary tree, uh, which is known as your top tree. Um, can't think of the Japanese terminology right this second. Um, but then you have your assistant. So you have your top tree, your main tree, and then the assistant tree. And so the top tree is usually going to be the tree that's of the, the most uh, reverence. So if you have a black pine and you're doing... Um, a really high reverence display black pine is in the display the black pine is always the main tree so if you're doing two trees and one is a black pine it's always your main tree so um that two tree display it's always two trees an accent and possibly a scroll now the other common thing that we see is the full cabinet display the nonaten tanagazari and that's like what you were saying, the rack. And that's a that's six trees and one accent. And so there is no scroll, never a scroll. If you're using the cabinet display, it's too many elements to have a scroll with that. So you're never using a scroll with that. Um, and the cabinet is arranged in three tiers. You have your top tier, which is, um, I believe, Chudon. Uh, I don't remember the top tier. The middle one is is Chudon. The bottom one is Gaidon. Um, Miyoki. Miyoki is the top one. And um, the top one is always, always, always a black pine if you have a black pine. So do you want to ask me why it's a black pine? I mean, I kind of have a feeling this why. Um, but can I take a guess? Take a guess. It's it's the king of bonsai. King of bonsai. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. That's it. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of kind of uh, metaphor or not metaphors. There's a lot of things that people will say about why the black pine's the top tree. That oh, it's the the tree at the top of the mountain. Yada yada yada. Uh, but no, it's the king of bonsai. It's the patriarch of bonsai, and it's the longest studied subject of bonsai. And so we always pay reverence to that tree. And so that always sits at the top tree. The other thing I've heard is. 
you then arrange the the uh, chudan and gaidan sections according to where those trees would be found on the mountain. But that's also a little bit. I don't really think that's true. I think that's like a nice thought, but I think in reality you're arranging the trees based on how the various textures, shapes, and forms play off of one another. So how their movement plays off of one another, how the textures, how the, the colors of the pots, things like that, and you're playing with uh, how you're going to make the best composition with that. So I don't think it's it's anything more than that, really. Um, moving on from the main cabinet stage, the we go to the Hanadashi or the assistant. And the assistant is basically used to denote season. So we use the the separate side tree or your your assistant tree, even if you're just showing two trees, your assistant tree would be the one to denote season. So if it's uh, winter, I would show a, a kinzu or a kumquat because that's something that's always fruiting in winter. And um, there's tons of other rules. Uh, we could honestly talk about this for hours because uh, you're only ever allowed to use a conifer as an assistant um, in winter. So if you wanted to use a juniper as your assistant tree, it would have to be a winter display. Mm. And so a lot of little like things like that. The other thing is that the pine, your main tree always goes closest to the background. So if you're doing a can like a cantilever display and known as an informal display where it's not all in a line, your main tree always goes closest to the wall or closest to the background. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah. You could be forward. No. And it's always at eye level. Your main tree is always at the highest point because you want it at eye level. Hmm. Yeah. Cause, so, uh, and it, it could be different too. I mean, cause not every, not every, uh, cabinet display has to have a black pine no, in it if it's especially if it has a different theme or style. For instance, correct. If you like tropicals, all tropical display. Correct. But if you have a black pine in the display, it damn well better be on top. Yeah, yeah. It, has, <laughs> it basically has to be. Otherwise, you have to look be. down on. It's much. well, not even that. You're looking down on the pine is what you're doing. As you're, you're kind of it's seen as as disrespectful to the the pine and all that it's done for us so, so our best yeah. our best chance for the top of the rack should be the tree that is studied the most within our range correct the tree of similar reverence so it should be like a buttonwood for me maybe a bald cypress for you um you know something like that similar reverence yeah and but I again if you really... if you if you have a black pine in that display it I don't care. Top. It goes on top. Yeah. yeah. My idea one day is to finally get together a, uh, like a Louisiana Southeast range, like cabinet display. Yeah. And I just don't see bald cypress show in. And I had I made one and I made one for Darlene hot. Uh, yeah. Not for her, but, uh, um, made him with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really, it's really cool to, to think that okay well yeah we'll make that we'll make it happen um it's just i did have one in development and within that in that mindset and uh unfortunately i didn't like it as much as i wanted to and i ended up selling it and i feel bad about it now because i mean i should have just kept developing now and 
I guess that's a New Year's resolution. If I want to do my show in rack right and I want to honor the most important tree in my environment, then I'm guessing I have to start like 10 bald cypress showing this year to get and pick the best one. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's really that's something I've learned is is if you want something in bonsai, a lot of times like specific, you want something specific, you have to grow it. And you have to like put the time in to grow it. So you want like a, a full on Louisiana rack, you're gonna have to probably grow all of those trees. You know? Yeah. I've got and, my uh, bases covered too. I've got I've got my my elm tree. I've got my oh well the maple's not quite there. I can't really do a acer an acer rubrum is not a great show in. That's yes, you know, I've I thought that I used to think that too. But I've seen it, saw one. I forget who made it, but I saw a picture of one that was like ramified to holy hell. Yeah, and because uh, they're a little bit more coarse than most maples, they are coarse. But I do think that um, you know, I think if you work with them long enough, it, it's just like anything. It's like, well, is it something you'd put in like mass production? No, because the average person's not going to have good luck with it. Mm. But I think if you spend the time with them, uh, just about anything. You know, if you put the time in, I think you can make good trees out of just about anything. Yeah. You know, what's been a real game changer for me is recently is the water elm. Yeah. I've heard, I've seen you doing a lot with those. Those are pretty cool. Um, Yeah. I know they've been around for a while and it's not like, it's not a species that people just haven't heard of. It's some of the things I've been able to achieve at, at my nursery recently with these guys with cuttings and bending them and and compressing them and then also going back and they return the favor with really great, not coarse at all, very twiggy, uh, like ramification. I mean, they're great. And I feel like I've been sleeping on them for a while. I'm like, ah, but it's one of those things I'm like, okay, it's time to take cuttings. It's time to twist the crap out of them. It's time to grow them out similar to in nature. How do you do your sea hibiscus? Yeah. Um, because whenever I went to nationals this, this past year and I saw that one, display where it was just all um willow leaf ficus yeah that was suit tents and i was just like oh single species display easy water out for me and that's that's also <laughs> and that's also what i mean by your that that's a, a quote-unquote display faux pas you know is you're never supposed to display the same species it's always supposed to be every species different not even not even two that are the same yep so um that's what I mean by like the rules only matter till they don't, you know, they matter until somebody does it well. And then everybody's like, well, I guess we don't need those rules. So see, he did that. Now it's got me thinking I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure if there's any other show, show hen enthusiasts out there, including you, they're all probably like, oh, well, okay. If Sutin did it. <laughs> right. Exactly. It sets a precedent. And so that's what I mean by, and this is with art as a whole. I've thought a lot about this is um, if you want to be safe, you want to be safe and you want everybody to like your work and, and like it enough, then you just play by the rules. You stick, you, you go get a very conventional container that you've seen a thousand different bonsai potted in, uh, like a rinka, a standard rinka. You go get a standard semi-cascade that you know is shaped like any other semi cascade you put it in and you refine the hell out of it with high skill well granted the work's done to a high level and you display it all by the rules that's great it's awesome yeah. but you haven't set a new precedent 
you didn't like change the game and it's not uh, memorable in a lot of ways. And so you got to think like sometimes playing outside of the box and taking bigger risks has bigger rewards. So, you know, making a display and I'm not even saying I'm for that. I, I play it pretty safe, but I pay for that. You know, I could get go out there and be a lot more avant-garde and, um, you know, have more risk and possibly more reward. But, you know. Well, we'll see. I mean, like I said earlier on, it's like you're you're analyzing it the way you are now. But um, and maybe things will be different, too. Like once once you're you're a papa and I'm a papa. Yes. Then everything will <laughs> be different. I'll be like, what about what bonds? I sold them all. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I had to buy diapers. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, at least with, with uh, one decent tree sale, you could buy diapers for about a month. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Have you seen diapers lately? Yeah. Yeah. They're, month? they're uh, I just went with Lisa to, um, we just went baby shopping a couple nights ago and I like had $200 allotted in my mind. I'm like, okay, we're going to knock out everything else we need for the baby and like $200. And, um, you know, we bought it, we've had a baby shower and stuff. So we have a lot of stuff. And so I'm like, okay, we're fine. And like two items, we get like two items in the cart and we're already at like 80 bucks. And I'm like, ruh, (laughs) ruh. Yeah. This, it's like that meme where you see the, the kid from the Simpsons, he's sitting in the back and says, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was bad. Yeah. So, um, it's expensive. Baby stuff is expensive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh. It'll it'll all work out. It'll all work out. Bonsai will work out. Babies will work out. This this new year is gonna. This is gonna be for 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 I think, in my opinion, for bonsai based off of some other things that uh, I've seen recently from some other professionals and also just personally with us as you know as our our little group here with little things and the show itself. I think this is gonna be a big year. Um, I, I think so. I think so. I'm. Uh... I'm hoping it is. I'm hoping it's a big year. I'm hoping um I'm hoping this year trumps last year. Oh, it, I mean, I was surprised by the midpoint of by last year midpoint like in June, July, I was already surprised. So, I think I think we're going to be upward momentum on this year. Um <clears throat> but really quick, um just to kind of close out our episodes like we normally do, we try to keep more consistent. Uh, with how this show is formatted, we're going to go ahead and cover our bonsai word of the week. Uh, this is a two-part word. Uh, we're going. I'm going to try to go back to the Japanese, uh, just straight pronunciation. Uh, you know, just just send it full yeah. send. Yeah, we're going to try it. I, I really like what it means, but uh, I think it's yeti uh, suke. No. Well, yeah, let's do it again. Let's one more time. So wait. That that you isn't uh No, I'm just teasing you. I might be right. Yuiti suke kakudo. Sounds Let's that see. sounds pretty good. Actually, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. Let me just take a look. Let's see. I gotta find it in that hang on everybody. I'm sorry to stall the podcast. I just wanna see where the word is. Where is the word? Where did you send that to me? It would have been at four o'clock. <laughs> four o'clock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, my phone just died. Never mind. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say with the 
the magic of editing maybe that part but i'm like no leave that part of it. that was kind of fun uh but no <laughs> it's uh u-e-t-s-u-k-e uh yutsuki yutsuki it's a u-e-t so how do you say that what u-e-t yeah wet oh it's wet yeah wetsuki kudo i think that's gonna be it yeah good that's weird the the u-e-t i I think it would do uh yit or i'm guessing because we used uh, there used to be a karate style called weichi and that was uh ui or ue i think Hmm. yeah yetsuki actually sounds very that i mean i'm not it's kind of silly to me to be like oh that that sounds japanese but i'm like oh wait that's that feels a little bit more uh, like it flows a little bit more uh, but Yasuki uh, ka, uh, Kakudo is um, is the angle in which the bonsai is planted is basically what that means um, and I know this is not a word that people are going to run with and use it in conversations at their bonsai clubs or amongst their friends and maybe you will maybe you'll be like oh did you hear that that thing that, that Evan tried to say all little things uh, this past week <laughs> But anyway, uh, but no, it's I, I think it's a great thing because we talked about line on the previous episode. Me and Carmen went over why is the line important? And it's like we had mentioned things like, OK, well, what is line versus Takagari? What is line versus taper into the main trunk? What does all that mean? And this is another one that is a really defining feature of a bone side, in my personal opinion, especially uh, the angle is going to be really important because i mean you could change a you know a straight up and down horizontal line on a tree by simply angling the tree or or whenever it comes into the angle of the tree how does that angle not only do you planting that angle or even choosing the angle how does that influence the rest of the flow of the tree how does it affect the rest of the line of the tree i think that all those things really really kind of start to make this little beautiful uh like bonsai soup kind of get together all these different words and these different approaches and meanings to them. Um, I think it's just one more, not, you don't need to necessarily like add wetsuke ka kudo to your, your like your vocabulary, but it should be in your thought process of what angle is best for this tree. Yeah, agreed. Cause a hundred percent, I'm not going to remember that word. <laughs> It's a cool word, though. It is. I might. Sometimes something just, like, sticks it with me, you know, especially some of the Japanese words. I just, like, find myself saying it over and over, but I don't know. Like, there's one guy, I have a pot by a guy named Ichiwabachi. I can't stop myself from saying that. Ichikabachi? Ichiwabachi. Ichiwabachi? Wow. No, uh, Ichiwabachi. (laughs) Ichiwabachi. Wow. Wow. <laughs> this guy is not listening. <laughs> I'm listening, but my, uh, I've always, I mean, I know. I, I love it. Honestly, it's like the best. Uh, it's the best. You should just run with that. No, like, it's, I know it's always this thing where I'm trying my best to interpret, like, for instance, when uh, Laurent was here and I kept yeah. having to understand his misinterpretation of how I pronounce words 
and then the way he said them and a different like the dialects that he might have learned it from watching shows or listening to people talk on radio or music or or just conversations with dip and, and I start picking up those things like man I've made this so I've compounded this difficulty of pronunciation <laughs> with this. Well, he thought my name was uh he's like, Oh, you have the same name as the guy from Die Hard. And I'm like, What? Die Hard? And I'm like, McLean. McLean Mike Lane. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. It's not the same. So, that's I'm just gonna have to say that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, McLean. That's that's good. That's yeah. good. I think that's a that's a good nickname. When and he also he was also when we were fishing for trout, he kept calling him Trout. 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 Uh, You're gonna catch trout. Yeah, well, I liked it. The one of the things that got me every once in a while was uh when he told me that he was gonna bend a branch too much and if he and if he went too far it would it would it would uh it would dry. Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah. why does he keep saying it's gonna dry out? If it dries out, it's dead. But then I'm like, oh, he's saying die. God damn. No, he is saying dry because it will. Like if you break it, it'll lose water and dry out and like shrivel up. Yeah. And so, so and it kind of was I like a dub, double yeah. meaning for me. I was like, oh, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, Wetsuki Kod, uh, Kakudo, use it. Wetsuki, is I'm probably saying that so wrong. Um, hold on a second. Checking something real quick. I'm doing some Googling. All right, I'm just running with it. English to Japanese. Thank God for Google. Just like walk around with a translator. Uh oh, Kakudo means angle. There you go. Yep. Planting angle. Yep. What I mean, I guess you know, but I I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll leave it at that. But the planting angle is going to be a very good defining feature of the tree. And I bet on him. Uh, it, and just just kind of wrap up the the thought of the, the bonsai word of the day, why it's important too is if you're ever confused about how you're going to approach a piece of material or even if you've had a tree for a very long time um, and you're like, man, this tree is getting so boring to me. I don't know what else I could possibly do to make this thing interesting. Uh, take it and like tip it to one side or another. Try it in all angles. Take it to your little wood block and go back and forth. See what works. If it changes it and then you're like, oh crap, but that branch is here. This is not going to be right for what, what plane this branch is in. It's what they made bonsai wire for, baby. That's right. So, so yeah. Play with angles with your trees. Don't just don't just pick up the tree from the store and the way that it's planted in the container, that's it. Angles all I mean, asymmetry. If I could think of anything that's more about angles and creating that, is the best way to create asymmetry is to literally give something a dramatic angle or change in direction. Um, so take that and store it and put it away for later. But, uh, but yeah, so let's, uh, let's kind of do some close our closing stuff that we usually do. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and what I have been saying a lot more recently, if this is your first episode, I'm sorry. Um, it's just something I've been saying a lot recently, but, uh, I just think it's funny. Uh, but yeah, if you guys want to go over to underhillbonesizestore.com and go to the little things tab, you can pick up one of our really cool t-shirts. I'm hoping to run a new print run of shirts with brand new designs this year. It's going to be something I'm looking forward to. Uh, we're going to be doing some more stuff with um, 
with the Instagram page in the future here. We've got more critiques coming this year. So go over to Instagram and follow us on little things for bonsai people on Instagram. You can follow Underhill there as well if you want to be super cool for extra kudos points. Uh, and then since Carmen's not here to, uh, to to say the things that she would normally say, we'll go ahead and go ahead and say it. Uh, you can go over to Becom- Becoming Bonsai on Instagram. Go check out what Carmen's got going on. And also go over to the purplepotsociety.org. And uh, if you're a woman in bonsai or practicing bonsai, they are a women's national bonsai group. They're supporting the education and uh, representation of, bon- of women in bonsai. And also, uh, you don't have to be female to be part of that group. I'm part of it and I support it. I think it's awesome. And I love purple pots too. Purple pots are cool. Um, and then for Mike, where can they come, where can they go check your stuff out, bud? Uh, they can check me out at uh, www.kitsunebonsai.com. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, we do have a new class coming up for people who are local, a bruise and bonsai class on the 11th, uh, focusing on junipers. So hmm. if you guys can make it, that'd be awesome. Um, other than that, uh, we're just working on uh, updating the website and um, hopefully have some new ideas here for this year. Um selling some new merch and some new items so and uh another thing since you mentioned that uh for you know for a class i just remembered if you go over to underhill bonsai dot underhill bonsai store.com and you go to the workshops tab we have our yamadori our yearly yamadori class is going to be via zoom call this year uh people who want to come in person and come hang out that's that's cool but i'll be doing a like kind of like a wide shot zoom call where you could see me talking about Yamadori in Southeast Louisiana. Keep in mind this, the class will be pertaining to practices that I use here. Uh, they might not be, well, they definitely won't be useful to people who collect like mountain Yamadori and stuff like that. I'm strictly talking about Numadori, which is the swamp, swamp, swampadori basically. Um, but yeah, a lot of the, the stuff we do here, temper trees, like bald cypresses, water elms, winged elms, acer rubrum, uh, huckleberry varieties, all kinds of cool stuff we got here. So yeah, go over to underhillbonesaystore.com and you can go sign up for that class. It's, you know, I'm going to be doing it basically for an hour or so going through the principles of collecting. And there's, there's more to it than just that. And uh, also on the oh, workshops, we go ahead and just mention it real quick under the workshops, workshop tabs. We have say bonsai or say bonsai, like say bone uh, tickets are available now. Um, it just so happens that Mike is going to be there. Yeah. Um, this is going to be March 30th at Underhill over here at Folsom, Louisiana. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have Mike and we're going to have, uh, we're going to have Shannon, uh, Salier over here as well. He's from, uh, he's from the Nashville area, isn't he? Uh, he's from Knoxville. Knoxville. There we go. Yeah. Uh, he's from the Knoxville area. He's a really skilled, like highly technical bonsai guy from the area. Uh, has some really great work that's i'm sure he submitted to many professional shows that you guys would recognize as trees and not even realize you're like oh cool um but yeah we're gonna have those these two guys hanging out we're gonna be we're gonna be shooting the shit eating crawfish you know having a beer or two maybe uh you know even though my resolution was not to drink we'll we'll do our best to do one on that day uh but yeah uh and then we're gonna have a bonsai show we're gonna have a full-on show we're gonna have the proper setup where we have the the tables with the with the tablecloths and the display stands and the 
you know, we're going to do a the whole thing there. We're going to give away awards and it's, it's a good time. We, last time we did it, we had a blast. This time we're going bigger. So make sure you guys over, go over and check that out. Uh, we are, we're hoping to get as many people as possible. You don't have to be from Louisiana to participate in Say Boneside. We would love for people to come from out of the state and come show their trees. Come check out the come check out the show. Come watch Mike and Shannon work. Um, and also, if you are interested in vendoring at this show, email me at evan at Underhill Boneside Store. <laughs> email me at evan at underhillboneside.com. I'm so used to saying Boneside Store. Uh, but yeah. Just email me there and uh, we can talk. I would love to support other vendors in Bonsai. It'd be great. But anyway, um, but yeah, this has been fun hanging out, being really philosophical. And like you said, like we said in the past, people love philosophical things. A lot of people get on the podcast so they can just kind of mellow out and listen to somebody else, kind of think complicated thoughts for them, you know? Um, so thanks for hanging out uh, and, and talking with me today, Mike. Yeah, man, for sure. And happy new year. Happy New Year to you, buddy, and Happy New New Year to all of our Bonsai Best Buds and all of those blossoming new Bonsai people out there in the world. Thank you guys for tuning in. Happy New Year, guys. Have a great one. All right, see you guys. 